0: Hello and welcome to PointCast. My name is Francine Dash. Today we have with us Shakur. Uh, He will be sharing his story with us. And we're gonna talk a little bit about how he got to where he is and his American dream. And most of all, what he's looking for elected officials to do that can have an impact on his life. So before we get too far into that part, Shakur, first of all, I wanna say welcome to you. Thank
1: you, thank you, welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Could we take some time to get to know your life story? Um, Tell us about a little bit about you and how you became the man you are today.
1: Well, I grew up in the house of five. My mother uh, had five children. My mother, uh, like most people come this way, she grew up in uh, Jonestown, Mississippi. She grew up as a sharecropper in Jonestown, Mississippi. You know what I mean? Didn't really have an education, but you know what I mean? She found her way to Indianapolis, Indiana. You know what I mean? After several stops over different states, she finally found her way to Indianapolis, Indiana. I grew up, man, typical, uh, well, I have to say typical, but for lack of a better term, I uh, grew up in a typical uh, African-American household, you know what I mean? Sad to say, none of my, me and my siblings, brothers, fathers, I mean, when, none of my siblings, fathers, no, me and my siblings, none of my fathers was around. So really just my mom's, you know what I mean, trying to hold everything down. My older sister, she went off to college and did well for herself and came back to try to help the family, whatever the case may be. But, you know, uh, I grew up on the east side, uh, we're borderline uh east side of Indianapolis, uh on the street, twenty ninth of Delaware. Um mm-hmm. and you know, just just a just a young uh this is young black kid, man, getting into, you know, the average mischievous stuff, but you know what I mean, being that my mother, uh my mother couldn't afford the things that I felt like I needed. You know what I mean? I had a pair of shoes that was clean, you know what I mean? Brand, you know, name brand, but I didn't have George, you know what I mean? Or I didn't have whatever I couldn't afford to the used the the damaged genes that was out that was hot back then. So, you know, I naturally, you know what I mean, being around growing up in that kind of environment, you know what I mean? I uh got mixed up in the streets, you know what I mean? Got mixed up in the streets to start, you know what I mean, selling drugs at a young age, you know what I mean? Uh got caught like most people, you know, all people. And uh went to prison once. For some reason I went to prison. I was young. That one time I didn't they didn't they didn't teach me a lesson.
0: How old were you when you went to prison the first time
1: 23
0: 20 that is young that's really young. Yeah.
1: Yeah, wow 23. yeah 23. wow So i go to i go to prison uh and i've always been an avid reader you know man like i love books my whole life due to my older sister she always like instilled books books she always laid now she just said a good example i you know anytime i go over her house she always pair up on the couch got a book in her hand so anyway so i go to prison get my gd get my college education just like easy And a lot of guys like Man, how'd you be knowing this stuff? Like, because I never was stupid. I just got caught up in the streets. You know what I mean? I, 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 it, this stuff is easy. So you do.
0: made a conscious yeah. choice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: So, being 23, they sent me to 20 years. I get a bunch of time cuts, solid modification, come home in five years. They didn't teach me a lesson at that time. I felt, you know what I mean? I was still you know, young minded. So, you know, I felt like.
0: So at that point, you're yeah, 28 or 29.
1: Yeah, 28 yeah so i uh i'm 42 today so i um i make another conscious decision against my guess knowing you know gets my better judgment knowing the outcome to get involved back you know in the streets of course get busted again this time they give me 20 again but it ain't know it's like this is a hard 20 like you by we about to send you away away because we tired of playing with so they send me behind the wall i'm in the correct facility I do like four or five years there in the cell by myself. Like once again, like I said, like uh, I'm an avid reader. So the whole time I was in my cell, like <clears throat> a lot of people looked at it, which and true enough, you know, I mean it is a prison, but I always just looked at it as a university. You know what I mean? People ask me when I call home, talk to family members I ain't talk to, like boy, like I like when you come out of prison, like right, i would be like, I ain't in prison. Like what? Like, no, nah, I'm in the school for scoundrels. I'm in the university, I'm in the <laughs> I'm in the University of Adversity. You know what I mean? They're like, boy.
0: The University of Adversity. I've yeah, never heard of that yeah, one before. Yeah.
1: I'm in university of Adversity. But um, so I made a conscious decision, you know what I mean? Like, I know I got to change my lifestyle. So, you know what I mean? Like, after the first year, I was like, maybe the second year I was locked up. I just, like, enough's enough. You know what I mean? Let me stop playing. I'm getting too old. Be playing with these people. It's, you know what I mean? I'm not done by far. So let me get out and try to. Do something, you know what I mean? Like, I, once again, like I said, uh, due to my mother, like <clears throat> she instilled that, like, that activism stuff in me because I said she was a sharecropper, and uh, to this day, we still joke about it. Like, um, uh, I remember being real young, I don't remember the exact age, but I remember being real young, and she would play Martin Luther mm-hmm. King records, and no matter what I was doing in the house, when I heard his voice, I would go sit, I'd drop whatever I'm doing, go sit in front of the stereo, and he and just listen to him. I don't know what he's saying. But I know mm-hmm. whatever he's saying, it makes sense. So me and my mom, we joke about that to this day. She's like, I used to always wonder about that. Those little crazy boy, come with in the room Every time I play that record, mm-hmm. he you know what that man's saying. So she, she is still the activism in me, you know what I mean? My sister is still the entrepreneurialism in me, you know what I mean? So back to me just being in prison, because I've just now been home a year. Uh, I just decided that, you know what I mean? I wanted to get out and try to help, you know, rebuild some of the lives that I helped her down, help rebuild the community that I helped her down. Cause one thing I know about like having a voice and having leverage in your community, like you can eat, you can use it for either or. You can use it for good or evil. You know what I mean? So a lot of a lot of guys younger than me look up to me. They see what I'm on now. And they you know they reach out to me and talk to me, call me. You know what I mean? I be just like, bro, we just there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. We want to have a nice house, a nice car, nice things. But it's about how you go about getting them. See, we you know the community I come from, which you know once again I hate to sound stereotypical, but, like, a lot of African-American communities, are, like, it's a lot mm-hmm. of instant gratification. I mean, everybody wants the fat house, the, you know, the nice – right now. Like, I want to walk outside my door right now and see the stuff parked out here. You know what I mean? Like, the sense of hard work is – so that's why I tell the youngsters, like, bro, ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, but everybody I look up to and want to emulate the, the LeBrons, the Kobes and stuff, they didn't just walk on that court and that stuff took hard work. So now you're just seeing the end result. You ain't seeing the 100 hours he spent in the gym sweating, his ankle hurting, his fingers. You ain't seeing all that. You're just seeing the glitz and glamour. So let's dial it, let's dial it back some, make sure our knees met. Then once our knees met, we can chase our wants.
0: Now, you said you've been out for about a year yeah, now?
1: Yeah. Yep, September September 5th, make a year I've been out, and I just got off parole uh, three weeks ago.
0: You picked a year to come out.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> COVID. The political landscape, <laughs> everything is crazy.
0: Right, right. I want to go back to something you said about your mom being a sharecropper for Mississippi. Yeah. When you hear the stories that she's probably told you over the years, you know, what, what kind of impact does that have on, on you? What, what kind of impression did that leave you with? Some of the
1: stories she told me growing up, and this, I mean, this is the funny part about that. If she was sitting here right now she'd hear me say a story, she was like, Boy, I ain't mean, no stories. That stuff happened. That stuff is true. what a story. <laughs> now, this is real life. But anyway, she told me so many of. but the impact it had on me. And one thing that like my mother, she's not uh, by far, you know, got a bigot, bone her body, she's diehard Christian, she loves everybody, she feeds the neighborhood, you know. What I mean everybody in the neighborhood grew up in, and we're now not now, due to rejustification. they you know, yeah, that's another story, but anyway. She's just a loving kind soul but one of the things she always used to tell me like growing up she like help all people but make sure you help your people first she said but help all people but you know what i mean so, but the story she just told and we you know so crazy i'm surprised it didn't make her bitter but she she just like i always just she's like i always just believe in jesus christ and i always gonna believe that stuff was gonna get better and you know i just had to work you know what i mean she a homeowner you know what i mean she own her own home she ain't she ain't the best of technology. She gonna call me and all her grandkids and everybody. Come and show me how to work this. You know what I mean? And boy, y'all know I don't know about that stuff, but you know I mean she good she good people. But yes, yeah, a, a lot a lot of who I am today as a man it, it stems from her. Like I said, my father was never around. You know what I mean? So now that I'm out doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life, we me and her kind of having conversations. I said, you know how it's easy, so easy, you know how it was so easy for me to just transition back into doing positive things and being a good person. Say hey, I because you still good stuff in me. I just, I, me, I took the choice to go out there and, you know, want to live a,
0: you
1: know, but uh, yeah, she instilled some good principles in me, man. Real good principles, man.
0: Was there a particular story that she told? You know how sometimes our parents get that one story that they tell over and over. Was there like that one story that you heard back then, but now you hear it and it hits you differently?
1: okay so you want me to tell the story Sure,
0: yeah
1: okay so she tells me the story one day because i asked her "Have she ever been in jail she said boy now nah. <clears throat> let me let me highlight that too like out of all her five kids i'm only one been in trouble or be in trouble well not be in trouble but been in trouble everybody else blue collar workers they just want to go get their check come on enjoy your family on the weekends but so i asked her one day i said have you ever been in jail she's like boy nah." she said wait a minute yeah i have one day I said, what happened? She said, well, I was down. We down in Mississippi, down in Mississippi living on the little, you know, Sherry Crabble, Sherry Crabble plantation thing, she said. And uh, this particular day, she said, for some reason, it was real muddy out. She said whatever she was using, whatever, I forget how she, the terminology she used, like to help try to get the cotton. She said uh, the mud was making it messed up. So she said uh, her, you know, the dude on the plantation said he pulled up. It's was like, uh, my mama named Ella May. She said, he said the woman, the man was like, uh, LMA, you can go ahead and go home. Like, uh, you know, it's muddy out here, you ain't gonna be getting nothing done. You know what I mean? She like, uh, he like, then he like she was like, he was like, plus you ain't out here doing nothing anyway. Like, okay, well, I gotta go home, finish working or quitting uh knitting my quilt anyway. So she said, she walks on down the road, go home. She said a little while later, the man husband pull up. Like, Lma, like, yeah, like my husband said, matter of fact, just go. To the garden go tend to the garden She said, I told her, like, nah, I told your husband, he's talking about go home and I wasn't doing nothing of this money, so I'm home. I'm about to knit my quilt. She said, What? You want me to tell my, my husband, you said no? She said, yes tell him I said no. I'm not going to kill no gardener. I'm not going. She said, Okay. I said, She stormed off and get in the car. Now my her her sister lives a couple of shacks down from her. So she said, by this time, she didn't walk down to her sister's shack. She said, so she sees the dude on the plantation car go by a phone. Like he's flying. Stop down there, in her little shack, blow the horn. She said he got a cloud of dust up. He blowing a horn. Of course, she ain't down there. So he did came back around, came down to my auntie house. Said Bernice, like yeah, like elevate in there, like she sure is. Say so he get out the car, step on up here, step on up to the porch. She said, My auntie is leaning on the side of the doorway with like a little one-shot shotgun. And my, my mom, at the time, she's pregnant with my older sister. When I told her to get me a love for book, she's praying with her.
0: Right,
1: okay. And my mama said, she got a uh, knife behind her back. So she said, he snatched up the door like, you told my wife what? You ain't going to work for me. She said, not only did I tell you, your wife that, I'm telling you that. You told me to go home, so I went home. I'm not going to my no more. So he said, he beat red, said he said, he about to open, raise his hand at her. She said, she pulled that knife out, like, you go ahead, I'll cut your throat. I'm like, what, what? You pulled, a, you pulled a knife out on the white man? She said, I sure did. She said, okay, I'm going to get the sheriff. So he went and got the sheriff, came back, like, LMA. I'm like, yep, you pulled a knife out on the white man, like, I sure did. Like, well, you know you got to go to jail, don't you? She's like, I don't know. So I turned around, cuffed up. They took me to the jail, put me on the top box. The nurse was like, nah, ma'am, I'm going to get you down. I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. She said, her uh, my, my sister's father and his father scraped up the little money to come and get her out, and they made her leave Mississippi.
0: Oh, so that was <laughs> the reason why she left Mississippi.
1: Yeah, talking about some uh, she said, she said, they told her, she said, You, you, mom, you need to leave LMA because that man catch you in one of these alleys and bust your head. She said, huh, you better be worried about if I catch him in the alley and bust his head. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's what she that's what she initially left, but she ended up leaving for a while, let it die down, come back years later, and then left again.
0: So that's her exodus story.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Then you, she has the rest of her kids here, I assume, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, in Chicago. Chicago? They at, yeah, her and my sister, the one that was a short with her, they stopped in Chicago before they moved here. Chicago, then here, it was the last stop.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. And then you, for what? Now, you mentioned something also about being in the street, and you make it sound like, you know, a lot of people they talk about the struggle and the family starving, and they just wanted a piece of uh, food or something for their family, want to provide for their family. But you talk about this as you made a conscious choice because you just wanted stuff. You wanted a
1: that materialistic stuff, and, and 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 not to take away or knock or uh, you know, uh, less than anyone else experienced. But I'm just gonna say from personal experience, yeah. And most of the guys I grew up around. That story about uh, we ain't nobody got nothing to eat, and we uh, that a lot of that's just, just like a justification. A lot of it be because we we want nice cars, we want, and of course, the family gonna benefit, you know what I mean? But it's not the initial outset, of, hey, let me take care of my family. not initial outset, like let me get some shiny, nice things, then my you know, the little trickle down effect they speak of,
0: right? Right? So, how do you go about changing that mentality though? Of wanting that immediate gratification, how do you because that's a big shift.
1: It is. But you know, okay, so back to when I was just in prison, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Pillin Correction Facility, but that's like that's like a maximum security prison. We got three. We got Pillan, we got Wallbash and we got uh Michigan City. Uh Pelton and Michigan City, they behind a forty foot wall. So no matter where you at in the prison, you're behind a forty foot wall. All you see all day, no matter where you at in the prison is birds and airplanes. Sometimes the birds don't want to fly over there. They will look like these dudes look depressed. Let's go around. We are. but uh, <laughs> but now, nah, and I'm in a single man cell for 22 hours a day by myself. Wow. Like I told you, I'm. A,
0: I know you said you had your books and you were reading, but what was that like for you, behind 40 foot walls?
1: You know, what's so crazy. I'm. I'm. A, I mean, I like solitude, so it really didn't bother me. And a lot of guys I knew, nah. A lot of guys I knew, like, bro, why do you like it? Because you could fill out paperwork and go to open dorms where it's like just a lot of books and a lot of people. You know what I mean? But I I didn't mind it because I like solitude. I like like I said, I love reading, man. So back to your original question, that's that's just it came with age, it came with reading, and you know what I mean? For you know, not to sound cliche, it just
0: come from God putting His hand on my life. And some of the things you said were instilled in you by your mother and your sister. Yeah. Yeah. So so what are you doing yeah, these days yeah. now that you've been out?
1: Uh, well, I work at an automotive plant, uh, but I'm about to switch employment. But as far as myself, what I'm doing, I got a book coming out at uh, the beginning of the year. It's called uh, uh, Hustler's Recourse, A Prayer, A Purpose, uh-huh. and A Plan. But also I got my own company out called Vanity Creature. And what we do is um, unfortunately, I got relationships with so many guys in prison, like all over, you know I mean, all over Indiana, fed state, you know what I mean? So what I do is they send me artwork. They get artwork from guys they send it to me. If we, if me and my team, we decide to pick this particular picture, whatever the case may be, we'll put the picture on the shirt, print a lot of them up and sell them, and then whoever, whoever drew the picture, we'll send the money back to them to help with their commissary, legal bills, whatever the case may be.
0: Wow, what a concept! So people who are actively in prison have an opportunity to express themselves creatively
1: we, okay. we, we We try to make the invisible visible
0: So are you an artist as well?
1: I can't draw a straight line, but I love art. <laughs>
0: so you're the entrepreneur behind this yeah. whole thing. So what made you come up with this idea? Uh,
1: okay, so I'm in prison, and uh and this is what this is one of I hats right here, but uh, I'm in prison. And uh one hour search too. But I'm in prison and um behind the wall, my security. And me and this guy, now mind you, you get you get one hour, you get one hour out for wreck. So within that one hour, you gotta try to do whatever you gotta get done. So a lot of times, especially like in the summertime, you come outside and let you outside for wreck. Just no matter where you look at, you see guys getting their hair cut, you see they guys getting their hair braided, you see guys, excuse me, you see guys getting their locks, you know
0: tightened
1: up and cleaned up you know lying I'm like so when i noticed it all the time i asked the guy i used to always walk last step, I said, hey man why is everybody out here always getting pretty where are they going because most of these guys been gone 20 years or got you know so much time that they significant other family party died off or left or whatever the case may be or just you know life got in the way and he like i don't know he said that's crazy every time they open that door everybody i mean other than business i can understand that you do got somebody come to see you. so one day we walk in i said well i guess we are creatures of vanity and that that name that that, that creatures of vanity it just it just stuck with me so i just i just said it so no i don't know for what it just kept sticking with me coming back coming back so then fast forward they switched me to They transfer me to another prison and I see guys drawing all the time. And these guys are amazing artists. When I say amazing, these guys are amazing artists. But they ain't selling their artwork for like six ramen noodles.
0: Ooh, wow. Okay. Hey, this just,
1: just is Survive, though. So, I mean, I understand the the dynamics behind it. Right, but right. But they're selling their artwork for like six ramen noodles, a bag of chips. Mm, I mean, right. and I'm like, I'm like, wow. So, a couple of them I end up getting cool with. And everybody know I got, like, a, you know, I, I be thinking a lot. I said, don't worry about it. I said, when I come home, I'm going to figure out a way to make something happen. It might not be some over-the-top stuff, but it's going to be a way to, you know, just try to improve the situation just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I took Creatures of Vanity, switched that around, called a vanity creature. But instead of vanity, like V-A-N-I-T-Y, I put T-E-E, because they're going to be T-shirts, vanity oh, creature.
0: okay. And I, yeah.
1: got the P-O, I got the P.O. box printed up a bunch of pamphlets, printed up a bunch of, a bunch of pamphlets, start mailing them into all the prisons to the dudes I knew, like, man, pass this around, pass this around, pass this around. I you know the PO box, just set it up, LLC'd it, and just bought the stuff I needed, you know what I mean, and just took off with it.
0: Well, now, how's business been?
1: In the beginning, I'm not gonna lie, business was, I mean, mm-hmm. amazing, but like, like, like the last, like maybe like the last month for some reason, it just, it didn't it kind of, it slowed down a little bit, but in the beginning, it was crazy. If I could show you the order board, because the order board right here, man, just numbers, number these with people information or stuff they want to order. And, and it's and it's funny you asked that question because I was kind of last couple of weeks I was kind of like, dang, I'm trying to think like, what do I need to do? Like, how can I, you know, because like, I'm getting frustrated. Like, man, it's, but you know, man, I got good people around me. Like, man, just like you, just you just started this, bro, six months, like in you got people on all kinds of social media sites wearing your stuff, it's just a process, bro. Like that's with any retail. Sometimes hot sauce selling a lot, sometimes it's slow. Sometimes it's that's that's fake selling a lot, sometimes it's slow. It ain't right. gonna always be popping, you gotta stay down with.
0: So you get out of prison within a year, within six yep. months of that year, you start a company. Yep. Um, you start off, you yep. hit the ground yep. running. Yep. You've done a lot of what some people haven't accomplished in 10 years of running a business.
1: That's what people around me, they keep trying to remind me of too, like you've accomplished a lot, man, in years. I'm my hardest critic, so sometimes I'd be like, I ain't did enough. And then I think that was you. I think I sent you the clip, like when, uh, about the book in my writing, when uh, Channel 8 came out to interview me. Now I had a couple more opportunities for speaking engagements and stuff before play. I had to go speak before play, but I'm just blessed, man. I'm just blessed.
0: So what's next for you?
1: my own personal life. I just want to be always be a voice for the voiceless. I just, I want to see the creature, you know what I mean? Eventually, uh, get bigger to where when guys are coming home from prison, we could actually hire them and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But far as my, 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 uh, my politics, man, I'm just like real big on criminal justice reform. Like, you know what I mean? We got to do something about this. This is, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd.
0: Now what's absurd about it to you?
1: Uh that you could go in any prison in the United States of America and find more African-Americans incarcerated than anybody else. That's one thing that's absurd. Second thing that's absurd is the United States itself incarcerates more people than any other developed country in the world, some some countries combined, and there's not that, uh, I mean, true enough, I'm not about to say like, don't nothing be happening, yes, be senseless murders, you know, we know where everything that goes on, but, it's some stuff that they criminalize that should be criminalized. You criminalize the addict for being for having a drug problem, or for you criminalize a, a somebody who's you know that's some kind of something. That's not nothing to be. You need some help for that. Mm-hmm. You can't lock that up away because mm-hmm. even even while he's in there, he gonna find a way to get it because it's in there. Mm-hmm. So you need, it's some help need to be behind that. So every every I think. Angela Davis, like I said, I'm a I'm an avid reader. Angela Davis said, America created their prisons to hide their social ills. Mm -hmm. So instead of addressing these social ills we know we got, let's just build Mm prisons.
0: Let's build prisons. Now hearing you speak, do you think that you should have gone to prison?
1: Absolutely. Because I I mean I broke the okay. Yes. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, I should have went to prison, but the amount of time. They gave me 20 years for 1 gram of heroin.
0: 20 years for 1 gram of heroin. That's
1: mm-hmm. outrageous.
0: What should the sentence be for that sort of crime? Like you you man, uh, mentioned the disparity between white people and black people being in jail, particularly there being a large number of black people in jail. If someone white had committed the same crime that you did, do you believe that they would have received the same amount of time that you received?
1: Absolutely not. A- absolutely not. Absolutely not. And another book, another, another book, all your listeners and viewers and people who follow you that they need to read is uh Michelle Alexander's the new Jim Crow. And she breaks it down. Cause she's a she she's a college professor and her husband is a federal prosecutor. And they asked her husband, like, what you think about this book? And he's like, I mean, that's my wife. What can I say? Like, she knows what she's talking about. I mean, even though I'm a federal prosecutor, she knows what she's talking about. So it's just, you know what I mean? That's 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 a lot of stuff that needs to be be looked at, man. Be looked mm-hmm. at. Right. Like you know right. what I mean. Just like you know what I
0: mean. Right. Right. Okay. I
1: don't. I just don't think like a lot of stuff they lock people up for. It. 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 I mean, it, it, it's senseless. Mm-hmm. Now let me. I'm gonna give you an example. Okay. now true enough. True enough. Let's. I'm gonna be honest and true and grown about it. True enough, you shouldn't be using a restroom outside. But if you was at some kind of concert, function, or something, and had to use a restroom, and some dude went around the corner, used a restroom, boom, police catches you Boom.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now
1: here here we go. Police catches him. Boom. Okay, sir, you're, you're using the restroom outside. You know, you don't supposed to be doing that. Blah, blah, blah. Pick up this ticket. Uh, come to court. Blah, blah, blah. You Go to court. If it don't get through out, which maybe it might, just say they give, okay, we'll give you six months probation. Now, this guy likes to smoke weed. He's not about to stop smoking weed. This is what I do every day. I smoke weed. So now he's smoking every day. He's getting dirty drops. Okay, now you, we got to do something dirty drops. We're gonna give you a couple chances and one or two. After that, you know what? you going to jail. They know, okay, let's get some help. You're going to jail. So I mean, just and I I might uh, exaggerate that or you know what I mean, just blue out of the portion, but I understand like small stuff like that that is criminalized and like that, like, come on, man, like let, what are we doing? And America is like one of the best countries anybody can ever live in, but it should tell you something if America's locking up more people than Matter of fact, America's locking up more black people than they did in Africa to the hide their apartheid.
0: How do you want um there's two parts. One, it's someone like you coming back and saying, Hey, I wanted immediate gratification and I got into some wrong things and I want to encourage people to not go the way that I've gone. The other side of that, so you got people in the community doing that, then the other side of that is is you wanting elected officials to do what? What would they do?
1: I want I want elected officials to to really and not just do a lip service, but to like really take a long hard look at the crime and the punishment. And like when I went to prison, I considered myself lucky because I fell up under the. I was one of the last few people to flat, fall up under like twenty to ten. Like they give you twenty you do ten. The stuff they got now, seventy-five or eighty-five percent, they give you twenty now. You in there at least fifteen years. Mm-hmm. You're in there 15 years because they didn't they didn't up the level of time that you're going to serve. And then on the flip side of that, within the prison system, they're taking away all the opportunities for time cut. Like when I first went to prison, you could get a time cut. I'm being funny. But you get a time cut for tying <laughs> your shoot. Now, to get a time cut, I, and then when I was in there at the time, you six months for well, a six-month time cut. Now they make you do six months for one-month time cut.
0: Why do you think that is? Why was that change made?
1: I mean, that's something we got to talk to elect- elected officials mm-hmm. about. This, and this, this is what I want to tell them, like, okay, true enough, we have crime, true enough, we have you know, people doing stuff that they don't need to be doing. But when it comes to the, the sentencing, when it comes to the overall sentence, overall structure of the criminal justice system, they got to start making sense in a way that when Raheem get caught with a gun, he going to get the same year that Little Billy did over here. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 say, oh, Billy's a good kid. He got a good future ahead of him." Tyrone did too. Mm-hmm. Tyrone had a future ahead of him too. But y'all just sent him up the river. And little Billy, I just give us a probation it just, you know. And they know what's in there. I Man, it's like studies done. It can't be refuted anymore. It's like studies done, like the the injustices within mm-hmm. that system. You know what I mean? So I will. I, if if I had to tell elected officials anything, I would tell them, like, just please take a look at that criminal justice system because the 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 biggest crime, other than, you know, all to respect someone losing their life, the biggest crime is not the crime that's committed by the people who in there. It's about, it's, about, it's about the crime that's been committed against them.
0: I want one last question before I let okay. you go. How do we prevent more crimes in communities like the one you grew up in, maybe the one I grew up in? How do we prevent people from even going down the path that you've taken is there anything that can be done to stem the tide of crime in communities so that good people unfortunately good people make bad decisions yeah, every day yeah. right so That good people have a have a better opportunity to mm-hmm. live the life that they otherwise would not have an opportunity to live if they go to prison right. How how can we prevent people from making these decisions and having so many years taken away from them? Like, granted, you've, you've accomplished a lot in a year, but so many years, so many people are in yeah. there, like yeah. you said, 10, 20, however many years, and they come out, and now they're expected to step in stride with society, and they've been away from society. So there's a new issue that they have to deal with, Right. Yeah. How do we do the prevention part? How do we do
1: that? <clears throat> Honestly, that's a tough question, but if I was just to throw my hat in the ring, man, like like I was telling the people when they came to interviewing me for channel eight, like we gotta we gotta start having more uh spaces available, you know what I mean? Especially like for the youth, you know what I because mean? that's like, you know what I mean, especially for them, you know what I mean? Just you know what I mean, <laughs> something has to be a, some kind of safety net, some kind of there needs to be something in play to be like listen okay this let me say this because i spoke on a panel with uh, uh uh this church too uh with pastor trey and one thing that i know for sure like from all my own personal experience you can't tell nature hates the vacuum this is this is universal law if you had a old room that had nothing in it pretty soon you're just gonna start throwing stuff in it's gonna become a storage because nature hates the vacuum. So we can't tell them to put down the drugs, put down the guns. if we ain't got nothing to replace it with. We got to have something to replace mm-hmm. it with. Mm-hmm. There has to be spaces. And see, like, a lot of the uh, uh, stuff I grew up on, boys and girls club, a lot of these places are being slowly, surely shut down. And there's no, like, spaces. Like, so everybody's just sitting at home mad or just in the streets, you know what I mean? And then, like, uh-uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Something else that has to be acknowledged, like, guys my age, you know what I mean, or older. If you have, like, even the smallest voice in your community, you got to start trying to right them wrongs, you know what I mean? You got Especially if the youth, the youngsters still look up to you, like, where you come from. Like, in my instance, like, my phone, they big bro, big bro, a big bro. But, you know what I mean, I'm here for them, like, you know what I mean? So there has to be something in place. But that's a good question, man, because I don't know if, if I knew the answer to that. I mean, I could go outside right now and just boom. And just uh, just form the right, you know what I mean? Alliance like y'all, this is near the answer right here. But it just it's gonna take work from the elders. It's gonna take work from guys my age, and it's gonna take work from the people that we talking about preventing. They gotta be receptive to the information too. Because we have, if even if we say we even had all the answers, if they got their ears covered, and don't want to hear it, then our answers is kind of like we just got the answers. So it's going to be like mm-hmm. we got to, like a braid, like a braid, three three different pieces, us, us, and a you. We just got to keep braiding that thing until, you know.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and being so authentic thank you. Thank you and transparent. Me. Yes, of course. Thank you. And um, good luck, the best of luck to you on your business venture. I'm sure everything Appreciate is going you. to work out really, really well there. Okay.
1: Appreciate you. And you and you you ain't heard the last of it. You gonna hear about it because I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some good things in the city. You're just gonna you gotta get the right you know. But we're gonna, we going we it ain't just me. It's other guys that came home from prison. We all on the same wave. Just trying to pitch in where we can help out at.
0: Well, that sounds great actually, and I would love to follow up with you to that's see cool. how progress is continuing yeah. to be made with yeah, your company cool. and to see where you are that's just cool. in everything that's else that you have going on. So thank you so much There's again that. for being with all us. All right, thank you, Beth. And thank you to the listening audience for participating in this podcast and helping to make it what it is. We are quickly approaching our 100th episode of all of the podcasts that we have produced here at PointCast. And we want to thank you for your ongoing support of our podcasts, supporting us on our social media and on our website. We are looking forward to a bright future in 2021. And we're looking forward to talking to more voters like the person we talked to during this interview. If you're interested in sharing your voice, talking about the matters and the issues that concern you most of all, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media page. We would love to talk to you. Until then, we wish you all well. Happy New Year, everyone.